Good evening. And now, the Inspirational Quarterly. Hello and welcome back to the Inspirational Quarterly, where we read through the classic book, uh, Starcraft Ghost Nova by Keith Ari DeCandido. And joining me, as always, is Davy Reedon. Hello, Davy. What's up? We're back. We are back. And I did get my actual hard copy of Starcraft Ghost Nova back safely Hell to yeah. me. And when you say hard copy, what you mean is that this book goes hard. Oh, yeah. Right? It is. Like, in that, se- in that sense, every copy of Starcraft Ghost Nova is a hard copy. Yeah, even the PDFs The online. PDF. The PDFs a- are hard. Yes, exactly. The hardest PDFs you've ever read. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I think we should kick things off with an email. What do you say? Oh yes, please. How you feel? You uh, want an email? I'm into it. Yeah. You want an email? Yeah, give it. I'm email. I'm email Santa here for you. What do we have in this one? We have an email from Nick Moore. And Nick says, Dear Davey and Kara, as one of the first criminals to send an email to this address, I thought I'd say hello, as you asked. Uh, And uh, Nick actually was the first person, I think, who wrote to us, who tipped us off to Handy Anderson's uh, StarCraft Wiki page. Oh, and And, that was a thing. Which was huge for us, right? That was a a big deal. Um, Because that... Not only did that give us a lot more on Handy Anderson, but I think that probably also started us down the StarCraft Wiki page. Yeah, I mean, I think we fell down that hole for quite some some time. So thank you. Uh, you could say we are t- we are continuing to fall. We we're still it's it's still going. Nick says uh, uh, Nick says I thought I'd say hello as you asked. Uh, I will confess, I nearly stopped after that one episode that was 95% Family Guy and about a page of the book, but you seem to be back on track, and I still love listening to your seemingly random tangents. Best, Nick. Um, I love love to hear that we've basically been making people leave leave listening to our podcast because of this. (laughs) Kara, can I... I will say I read this uh, email the other day and and it put me in a bit of an introspective mood. Um, do you, can we, can we, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, can we just, can we just talk for a second? Okay. Like, can, can, can you and I just, yeah, you know, like, can we just have a conversation sure. here okay. for a second? Okay. Um, I introduced the, um, this week in season 10 of Family Guy um segment into our podcast um and i guess my question is did i make our podcast worse (laughs) (laughs) i think i mean i'm sadly i'm sadly contemplating yes but we can just we can just talk here right we can just we can we can i just want a dialogue here I will be honest with you. I will be honest with you. Uh, I have a number of friends who I know personally who do listen to the show. And, um, you know, from time to time we talk about like, oh, did you listen to this episode? Or what did you think of this one? I've specifically gone out of my way not to ask any of my friends what they think about our family guy obsession. Because I don't, because I'm, I don't want to know because I know they're going to tell me that it's, that it sucks. And I've been having so much fun. <laughs> like, I know, I know that we rag on, I know, I know we, we go to great lengths to, to uh, describe the misery of this segment. And it is miserable. Don't get me wrong. But I have, I have been having so much fun in the misery that I've, I've kind of intentionally kept my friends at a distance on this so as not to be contaminated by them so but, i mean as long as you're alienating yourself from them then that's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's the healthy thing right but let's but let's set that aside okay let's let's for, forget about that and i just i want you to tell me do you are is, is am i fucking up our podcast <laughs> I think 
So from Nick's email, right, what I'm gleaning from it is not really that we do this kind of joke segment. It is that it is so deeply long. <laughs> that yeah. It's like the longest There's, thing. I can't, I can't not make them as long as they are. <laughs> there's, there's no middle ground. It doesn't work just, that way. It's actually, it doesn't yeah, work it's like, like that. Like the stage where it's almost like mirroring a Family Guy joke. You know where they go on for way too long. R- right, <laughs> right. Ex- yes, exactly. We, <laughs> are we becoming? We, like, we've we become into the we, abyss for too long, Davey. We've like, become what we've become. What we hate. Yeah, we have like basically become the abyss now, and we You're need not, to move back towards the light. You know how you know how there's the joke about a thing becomes so bad that it's good and then it becomes bad again, right? Like and it and there's like a cyclical aspect to how far um you know like family guys jokes are oh look at how long this unfunny joke is going on and there's a certain window inside of which that's humorous and then it becomes unfunny again after a certain period of time. But then I think it becomes funny again. I think eventually it does become <laughs> funny again, but but it may also become unfunny again at some point after that. And you and I are like, you and I are like, like twelve or thirteen cycles down the road on this cyclical thing. Yeah. Um. And you know, I I, I gotta say, uh, I, I like I said, it put me in a little bit of an introspective thing here because. Um, you know, you and I are getting really close to the end of this book. We're on page 283 out of 300 pages. That's yeah, not much left to go. And, and I'll... I'm quite yeah. worried that when we get there, we won't have any real, you know, c- conclusion. <laughs> like, what are we going to say about this book apart from, like, yeah, what... What was the point of this? <laughs> I don't know. That, and I, I want to believe that we will get to that point and then say, yes, that was, that was the point of doing this. That yeah. there wasn't a point. And I hope we feel that way. But I worry that our Family Guy segments may be (laughs) pulling us further and further away from that sort of cathartic moment of of sort of zen nothingness as we get to the end. Like, like if if our goal is to end at a kind of like spiritual zen equilibrium of, you know, nothing mattered and everything was beautiful, then I feel like Family Guy is going to drag us down into like, no, it actually was not good. It, <laughs> it was not good overall. And here's the here's the other thing. If we hadn't started doing these Family Guy segments, there's a decent chance that we'd be done with the book right now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I, there's a very, very strong chance that we would already be done reading StarCraft Ghost Nova. And it makes me wonder if I am introducing these segments and making them as long as they are so as to prolong our reading of the book because you know am i do i not want it to end for example that is surprising to me because i know there was a point at which you were like look this is like this podcast is like you know taking up a lot of room in my life and i don't know Mm -hmm. like what to do after this kind of deal you know we're on episode 50. This is episode 50 right now. 50, you do 50 episodes of a podcast, you've actually like done it. You've gone there. Yeah. Right. And I think what I can say now, um, if I'm being honest with myself, is that I feel like we did it. I feel, I feel satisfied with what we've done with this book. And I'm happy with it. And you can, you can be enjoying a thing and want it to be going and want it to go on, but also at the same time feel complete about finishing it, right? Yeah. And and I am both enjoying the act of doing this podcast and also I, I want to resolve it and conclude it. But I want to do it in a way that feels like we put everything we had into it, you yeah. know? And I'm going to like... 
I think I'm just going to miss doing it, you know, once, because it is like, you know, it has been like annoying trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to schedule it because both of us are really busy and like, we know we have to commit to it every week and like try and fit it in somewhere. So that is like a harder part of it. Mm -hmm. But also like, I don't know, there's something interesting about the fact that we've been doing this like almost every week for a Mm -hmm. year, I guess. Right. Um, And it's like, is it over a year even? It's probably over yeah, a year. Yeah, it's over a it? year. Yeah, I think in February, last February. Yeah, and so, like, I don't know. There's something nice about having, like, going on where you left off that, like, you don't get from life in general. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, something that, like, builds on itself. Well, and not just that, but we started this during a pandemic, right? Like... Pretty, I mean, I'm, gosh, I guess, yeah, it was like, we were distinctly mid-pandemic when this thing started, and a big part of it for me was like, I wasn't fucking doing anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this was so much that I was able to pour myself into. And now that, you know, things, uh, you know, start to slowly amble back toward normalcy at, 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 at the, like, 20 steps forward, 19 steps back kind of pace that it's going. Um, it's like, it's different now, right? It's, it has a different weight and a different yeah. heft in, in my life. And I think there's a piece of me that is looking forward to saying, you know, that like, all right, cool. I, I did it. And that's what that was at that moment in my life. And uh, and, and maybe that is so much because of the context that it started in, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it was, you know, it was, it started as a way of like, I don't know, like get, getting through, like, I, get, I guess getting through the pandemic in a way that like, just like, it's distracting or yeah. like you can, yeah. you can, you can focus on something that completely doesn't matter at all for like, yeah. you know, an hour of your week. Um, and I think that there's something about con- about the idea of concluding this podcast that, like, maybe there is an aspect of it which is tied to the pandemic for me. Like, I want to conclude that phase of my life. Because it feels like we still have one foot in both sides of the door, of the pandemic door. Yeah, because right I was going to say to you, like, do you really feel like the pandemic is over? Or do you feel like I, we're going to go I back feel- in and come back out again? <laughs> I feel like the pandemic was wrapping up and then they inserted a this week in season 10 of Family Guy style segment into the pandemic that drew it out. It's like that, like every six months or something. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. And and I I do wonder if there is an aspect of this particular podcast, which is both, you know, there's like a kind of... um, You know, I I don't really love the way people use the term Stockholm Syndrome, but you know, I've spent so long digging into the way my life has been these last couple of years that in a way I'm reluctant to leave it. But I also know that it is the leaving is in the process of happening right now. Yeah. And it's just, it is bizarre. Like it's, it's not, you know, I don't feel like we are in one place or the other. I feel like we are trying to figure out we're 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 somewhere that isn't here or there and and all we're trying to do right now is just understand where we are yeah right i mean i think what's interesting is that people have felt you know safe enough to go to places like gdc you know the game developers Mm -hmm. conference and that to me seems like you know in um what is it it's like in narnia when the like snow thaws you start to feel like, oh, the magic is maybe coming back, you know. But yeah, um, I don't know if that's really the case or whether it's a big fake, you know. So right, it, I think right, I think it was like surprising to me actually that you know GDC was actually happening, happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I'm not going, um, there's a kind of weird sense of like hope, maybe that something. I, I agree. Back no, to I agree. Reality, you know. And I think, I think right now, I mean, I think even in the last couple of weeks, there's a feeling of that and, and I'm, and I am, I'm having this feeling that like, all right, it's time to at least try to move on 
And if in, you know, two months everything shuts down again, well, better to have tried. Right? Yeah. And, you know, for some people, um, you know, things won't ever be the same again because the, you know, mm-hmm. they're immunocompromised. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we probably all of us lost lost some people to the pandemic, I think. But I mm-hmm. one of the things I'm always thinking about is, you know, I don't want all of the things that we have done to like cater to people's well-being and stuff just be like forgotten somehow Mm -hmm. like I would like everyone to remember what it was like to actually care about other people for like a second um so that would be really really nice I feel like as we kind of wake up from from this like weird dream then we get like a little bit of like oh but you know we should still be like looking after people which is probably not what um the government or you know um corporations would want from us but i i would like to continue to pastor them (laughs) i want to annoy them (laughs) yeah yeah i yeah i don't know i don't know and i and i and i feels it feels like the only thing i know is that there's there's a very very deliberate act of creating whatever that next thing is there's you know, yeah. there's very, there's very, there's very little passivity about it. Everything is, everything is extremely intentional and, and, and cultivated. Yeah. I mean, what's really interesting for me is that I finally allowed myself to rest in a way. Like I finally, finally allowed myself to just be like, you know, you can, create things for someone else for a while and not have a personal investment in, you know, um, ownership over your creative ideas. Whereas like, you know, when you're, you're working on something that's entirely yours, um, then you have so much more investment in it. I mean, you must know this more than most people. Like if there's a lot of yourself in something you're creating, it suddenly becomes so much more fraught, right. As a creative well, process. I, I- I'm very lucky that I get to do work that's like my day job that is, you know, very reflective of my interests and sensibilities and things like that. I mean, I'm remarkably, remarkably fortunate. And it's interesting that at the end of the day, even in the best possible circumstance of getting to work on the most self-actualizing kinds of work, um... It does not just inherently fill that void. Yeah. There's always, always more. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, what I tend to do is just, you know, I'll have, like, a main job that I'll do, and then I'll have little things on the side that are, like, you know, things that, like, keep my, like, kind of creative craft kind of taking over. Um, not that I don't, you know, care about my main job or put lots of myself into it, but it's just not, it's not what I would choose to work on all the time. Um, because I think like one of the things I was saying is like the feeling that I'm allowing myself to actually rest for a little bit and actually not, you know, put so much of myself into work. Um, that kind of comes from like my taking, um, taking a job where I have less responsibilities than I would have if I'd done other things. So like I got offered like, you know, roles where I would be the director of something. And I just looked at that role and I was just like, I don't think I'm ready to be responsible that way. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think the pandemic has taken that willingness out of me. It might happen Mm -hmm. in the future, but now I'm just like, so I want to take that with me, you know, like the idea that like, I don't have to be like on all the time and I don't have to be like trying so hard all the time. And I think the pandemic has probably given me some of that willingness. But yeah. well, you know, it, it it's so interesting that, that you say that because I feel like I'm, I'm almost having, I, I feel like a lot of my, my life recently has been maybe even coming from a bit of an, of the opposite direction where I already took on so many of those roles and responsibilities. I mean, like I, I, there's, I think there's, there's overlap in what you're saying. Um, But it's like, it's weird to me that I have essentially gotten very, I've, I've been, I've gotten to have a 
career doing work that I love with, in a lot of ways, very little compromise about what I want to do. And then at some point I sit down and I go and I think to myself, huh, I, I still don't feel like I've done enough. I'm going to start a podcast, right? Yeah. And, and there's this idea that starting this podcast and having this ongoing thing that will be this constant source of enjoyment for you and for an audience, that this is going to like, like, like it's going to be like the glue that plugs up the gaps, you know, the little things where your where your insecurities are still sneaking through. This is going to plug it up. And if, you know, I'm, and if for whatever reason I feel like, oh, the job, the day job isn't going the way I want. Well, I've got that podcast there and, you know, I'll sneak that in. Right. And that's all fine. And there's definitely a lot of people who, who live like that. But as we get on in this podcast and we get through this book, like we've done everything that I wanted to do with this podcast. There's nothing we haven't done. Yeah. And it didn't fill those cracks for me. And that's, I think, where I got with this is I went, oh, this never could have been that thing that just, you know, makes the rest of my life a little bit easier because I always have that podcast to fall back on when things, if things are, if I'm ever in doubt about my other work, you know, oh, I'll just lean back on that podcast. It turns out that running a podcast is actually a lot of work and yeah. kind of exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it's just you know, I, I, I don't know for some reason I didn't I didn't think that that would be the case, but this has been ex- it's it's actually really hard yeah. doing this. It's, yeah, and it takes and not just like time and and energy, but also you know the sort of emotional thing in the background of just all the time. I you know I want this podcast to be good. I want people to enjoy it, and and. But I'm also this, you know, insane perfectionist who can't let things go. So, of course, I need to drag it out at the very end, you know, to cram every last little piece of family guy conversation in that I can. And, yeah, and it's exactly like you said. It's like, you know what? I think I just want to rest. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, I think probably we're really similar and that we both hold ourselves to a very high standard or creative output and um and also like you know there's this kind of weird thing that I think that goes on in creative brains where we constantly tell ourselves that we're not good enough unless we're like making something all the time we're like we're not good enough unless we're making something that like gets noticed by people etc and I think what I learned in this process is very much just like you know you don't have to be making stuff all the time to feel like to actually, you know, function and be happy. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell yourself that I think, especially well, after, it's... you know, like decades of like pushing yourself. Well, and something, something that I, I really, that excited me about the idea of doing a podcast specifically was the volume of it, right? Every single week you're putting stuff out. Yeah. And there's something that's really enticing about that as a productive creator. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Capital C creator. Yeah. And, uh, but I've been but a yeah. journalist before and that's all. Yeah. That right. Well, that's your, that's just that life. Right. Right. And I, I actually could, I couldn't get away from that life fast enough. It was so hard. I mean, obviously I know. It, was, it was paid very poorly, but like one of the major things is that you have to have material to say every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be pitching those ideas and yeah. that's like, hard to keep going you know and so Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that you were like oh no I wanted you know because games are the opposite right like you spend like what five or six years like in the dark just making something and then it comes out and then you get the surge of like feedback whereas Mm -hmm. like if you're putting something out like you know every week then you know you get that drips of drabs of kind of accumulative feedback um, and it's a, it's a, it's a enticing, I think for game developers to think, oh, it'd be so much nicer if I could just make something small and like put it out. Yes, play. exactly. Something that, you know, in an hour and a half, we can crank out with basically no preparation whatsoever. And it's a real actual thing that goes out and someone consumes it. That sounds awesome. It does. You know what I mean? But it's actually like quite mentally tough. 
right? Right. It, it is. And, and I think the thing I wasn't expecting was that how little the format changes my uh, emotional investment in it. You know, mm-hmm. like if we spend an hour on the, recording this podcast, I'm just as emotionally invested as I am for the day that I spent on my day job cranking away at video game stuff. Yeah. Like it does, it doesn't, my brain can't compartmentalize those as two different things. You know what I mean? It's still work. It's still work. And it's, I just wasn't expecting that. I guess, I I guess I thought that my brain would categorize them as two different things, but they're not, they're not. Um, And I love doing what I do. I'm really, really happy that I get to like make this podcast. But, you know, it's like lately I've just been looking at it and thinking, you know what? Like, I actually kind of like my job, too. Yeah. And if I like my job, that seems like a thing to celebrate rather than to sort of, you know, prop up with other endeavors. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So and I don't know if I'm if I genuinely think that I brought in the family guy stuff to actually drag out this experience. But there is definitely a point where I realized that that's what it was doing. And I think the sheer insanity felt, I don't know. It felt right. And I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad I went there. Even if we, even if we alienated people, I'm glad to have pushed this thing to its absolute limit to find out how far it can possibly go. Because if we were going to do this podcast, and if we were going to spend the time and energy on it, I'm glad that I know now that there was nothing I didn't do for it, and that as it concludes and as it gets to the end, I could say, fuck yeah, good job. (laughs) Now let's stop doing that. And get my hour and a half each weekend back. You know? I wonder what it's like been like for people listening to our our podcast who kind of use it for, you know, like having having the feeling of like having two friends chatting, you know, in their house Mm -hmm. about dumb stuff. Or like, I don't know, like, you know, do you think that that's the way that people use our podcast? Or are they just like really interested in the book or starcraft or i don't know like what kind of people are even listening i'm like really curious if Um, you want to tell us what kind of experience you've had listening to this podcast feel free to email us at the inspirational quarterly at gmail.com uh because i don't know i'm i'm kind of curious uh because I don't know. I and I think I think that sometimes when I talk with my friends about it who listen to it, I'm sometimes surprised at the things they enjoyed about it. I'm like, "That? Really?" But, <laughs> you know, uh and I guess that's the thing with the family guy stuff is that I'm like, "You know what? I I can't go thinking about what other people will and won't like." You know? Yeah. Uh I just I, you got to follow this. You got to follow this uh this bizarre thread. Yeah. And um I don't know. I I actually don't know. Um Yeah. I just know why you and I have done it. And that's because I think this is cool. I think this is a neat format. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of surprised that no one's done it before, but you know, here we are. I feel good. Right. I feel like we've done a pretty good job. Yeah, I so, think so. Congratulations. Good job us. Yeah, good job. 50 episodes, man. Not bad. Not too, not too shabby. Mm. Um, I think that the sensible thing to do is to retire this week in season 10 of Family Guy. Oh, oh my God. I think that's, I think that's, if we're going to, if we're going to send, if we're going to sort of properly sunset this thing, I think we should just be, I think we should let it go. We'll, we won't know what the rest of the, the, season is um but that being said i did do my preparation for this week which oh, means i no. did watch an episode of family guy which means that um 
One last one. One last one. This is. I'm gonna make it short. Okay. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna keep it short. Um. I as I was doing this, reflecting on the fact that I distinctly brought a bad energy into our podcast in order to for some sort of weird self-indulgent marathon man kind of testing of my own limits. Um, I realized that uh, that was bad and I want to apologize for that. And so I decided to punish myself for introducing the This Week in Season 10 of Family Guy segment onto our podcast. And so to punish myself, because as you might remember last week, I watched Family Guy at 2x speed. Um, This week, I watched an episode of Family Guy at one quarter speed. Um, And I won't go into details about it, except to say that it was one of the most excruciating hour plus segments of television I've ever watched in my life. Oh, that's like amazing um, considering the previous episodes you've I, It's It's honestly like someone knew that this was going to be the one that I would have to watch for four times the length that I usually do and said, all right, let's really hurt him. You know? Wow. And, and, and if that was their plan mission accomplished uh this it was it was so so miserable and um i hated it and i am sorry i'm sorry for what i did i apologize (laughs) this is oh god why do you do this to yourself i i my therapist is probably has a lot that she could say about about that um We'll have her on. She's gonna come on and be like, "Come on, I guess explain explain why I am the way that I am." That would be that would be a guest host, right? Or that would be a, a, a special guest right there. Um, shall we read Starcraft Ghost Nova? Let's do it. <laughs> with with no delays and no derailment. We are getting right into the book. This is the um, inspirational portraitly with Davy Reedon and Kara Ellison, and we are on page two hundred and eighty-three. Two eighty-three. Let's go. Uh, Mal has been talking to director Bick, and uh, director Bick says, "Wait, no, he's talking to Mensk. Shit." I forgot where we were. Right. Menx, because Menx did the Mr. Remperer thing. Yeah, okay, got it. True. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's talking about the new the new Confederacy. Um, Mal says, I see you kept the ghost uh, program intact. There were a few elements of the Confederacy that were worth keeping. The ghost program was one of them. I know firsthand how effective the ghosts are. I'm sure you do. It's because of you that trainees have their memories wiped when they graduate. Putting his hand over his heart, Mensk said, I had nothing to do with Sarah Kerrigan's defection to my cause, Agent Kalurchian. <gasps> she did that of her own free will. I merely took advantage of your own inability to hang on to her. Did Mensk do the hiccup as well? Oops. Yeah, that was that was Mensk. That was all, yes. <laughs> He, he, he's, you know, he's been going through a whole thing. Um, you know, like, uh, well, like, what's the thing that causes hiccups? Um, I, I guess drinking too fast. <laughs> he's been drinking, like, ultra, ultra fast since he became emperor. Yeah. You know? He's like, I have a lot to prove now that I'm emperor, you know? And like, you know how every emperor needs a thing that they do? That's yeah. like, oh, that, what what was that emperor like? Oh, he was like that. Well, Mengsk is going to be the one who drinks everything super quickly, you know? It could be like, you know, how celebrities have like those box lunches where they stuff their food down and like drink really fast because they've got to go somewhere. So that's mm. nice, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like a sign it's like if you're hanging out with him and he and he like eats everything super quickly, yeah. you know he's he's being really productive. Right, exactly. Right? 
But all he's doing is he's running from one lunch to the next and then eating that lunch super fast to show everyone at that lunch how productive he is. And then it's just lunches, you know, yeah. his entire day back to back is just booked with that lunches. That's really great. You know, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the most effective emperor we've ever had. That. Right. I mean, I would love to have like a snack at like every stop in the day. Like, yeah, but I'm not. But he's not. He's not even having a snack. Like you can you can eat a snack in the background while you're doing something else. Right. You can be in a meeting and be snacking during the meeting. Right. I'm saying Mengsk isn't even going to meetings. He is just doing lunches, you know? All lunches, yeah. Only lunch. Like a full course entree. He sits down with, you know, his cabinet. Does he get and a he cocktail? Goes th- he has a cocktail. Amazing. He starts with a, uh, starts with some, some scalloped potatoes. Those come out. Some garlic green beans. Wolfs those down. A prime roast rib comes out, an Antiguan buffalo, a whole Antiguan buffalo comes out. He consumes the whole thing. They are like really rare, Davey. I know, I know, I know, I know. He eats the whole Antiguan buffalo, right? Does he get high off of it? He's, hmm. (laughs) You you know how in, you know how in, 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 like, in the show Mad Men, they'll they'll go out to lunch and they'll have three martinis at lunch and then come back to the office. That's that's the StarCraft universe equivalent of that is eating an Antiguan buffalo at lunch. Yeah, that's right. Weird. Yeah, you get a, you get a little buzzy off it. Yeah. You know, three buff a three buffalo lunch for sure. He eats the he eats the buffalo, has another cocktail, a little tapioca pudding for dessert. The meal has finished. 15 minutes have passed from the start to the finish of this entire meal. Wow. That is like some fast eating. He rushes out the door and three minutes after he's left the door, he's entered the the room with his next lunch meeting. Right? The same room. well, yeah, he leaves or the room. Or like a West Wing situation. No, 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 no. Here, here's what it is. Okay, all right. Here's what it is. There's, there's two rooms. There's two rooms adjacent to one another with a hall leading between them. Okay, so you can you can picture that, right? Like a kind of ovaries of rooms here. Ovaries, right? ovaries of rooms? I don't know what the... <laughs> I mean, I'm trying right. to come up with two two big things connected by a, 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 a smaller thing. Oh, okay? like the room ovaries. Yeah, like I, I get it. Room <laughs> ovaries. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what they... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the emperor's ovaries is what they call them. All right. So he starts in the left one. In the left room which we'll call the, the east room ovary. the left ovary which we'll call the east ovary and so he starts so he starts eating lunch there with his you know with his 12 o'clock uh meeting 15 minutes later leaves that meeting begins walking east toward the west ovary right because the that's how they're named and takes five minutes to walk the hallway right while he's eating his first lunch, his cabinet members are setting up, are, are preparing lunch in the other room, and they're bringing in the people who he's meeting for lunch, okay? So, Got it. so 15 minutes to eat lunch, five minutes to walk, all right? Okay. That's a 20-minute window for, for his assistants to set up, to bring his lunch guests into the opposite room, sit them down... And get all the food ready. Emperor Mensk enters the room 20 minutes at, at 12.20, right? Sits down. Food instantly comes out. They eat for exactly 15 minutes. Then he stands up and walks back across the hall to the East Ovary room. Okay? Right. Yeah, okay. Tw- 20 minutes like clockwork. 15 minutes of... Di- and again, every single one. The... The scalloped potatoes, the garlic green beans, the entire Antiguan buffalo, the tapioca pudding, cocktails, 
between each course, right? And it's not just the same exact thing every time, you know. There's there's shrimp cocktails sometimes, right? Oh, Maybe it's like a, po- a pasta dish, oh, a nice. salad. Okay. So it's always kind of like being swapped out like that. Okay. Right? So 20 minutes, 15 minutes, full meal, walk five minutes. From Mensk wakes up at six in the morning. And he heads instantly to his first lunch. And he begins this 20-minute cycle of eating lunches every single 20 minutes of his day until he goes to bed at 11 p.m. Okay. Right? And so what, when we're witnessing this conversation with the hip yeah. what yeah. meal of the day <laughs> is he I know, I know, Malcolm, oh, excuse me, I almost called Keith Malcolm. Um, I know Keith didn't explicitly state it in the book, but I think it's a very easy subtext to infer that Vansk is literally at this moment, there's like a table in front of him, right? And that right now, let's say it's a uh, Mediterranean meal that he's having, right? So there's some falafel, some pita, you know? He's got a euro, a whole euro there, you know. He's got some lamb, some some seasoned lamb, a little bit of, of, of yogurt and raisin, right? He's got all of that all at the table in front of him, and he's just pounding this down while he's having these these uh, this conversation with Malcolm. That's amazing. How's, how's that? How's that? How's how's that feel to you? That that sounds good to me. I mean. I, I I feel like that I I feel like that is acceptable for the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. what do you think he might be eating right now? I mean, so it's gotta be like I think there's gonna be added, you know, hiccup maker in this. A hic oh, so like a specifically like a kind of carbonated something or other. Could be a beer. Could be a Yeah, beer. I like a beer. Let's say let's go with the beer. What kind of beer do you think Manx drinks? Drinks? <laughs> I think he drinks a Cobra. What's a Cobra? I don't know what a Cobra it's is. On, I think it's an Indian beer. Well, I was going to say IPA, which IPA is India Pale Ale. Yeah. I think Cobra so, is just like plain like lager, but like I think I think he would drink IPA for sure. Okay. Yeah, I could see Manx doing uh, putting down an IPA during this for sure. Yeah. Um, w- all right. Important question: Would Manx do a beer bong? <laughs> I don't think he would. Mm-hmm. I Tell think me why. that he would prefer to be seen as being dignified. Mm-hmm. But w- he's the kind. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to go back a second, all right? Mal nodded. That's good. You don't insist on a title like your highness. That elevates you too high. Mr. is a common honorific. The same one used by democratic governments for their politicians keeps your man of the people image intact despite being an absolute monarch. And Mensk is impressed by this, so you, you know? he's think that he's kind of like a George Bush figure who would do a beer bong with the guys because Ooh. he wants to be a man of the people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I accept your argument. But George Bush, okay, here's the difference. George Bush just is that person. (laughs) Right? That's he's not putting on an act there. Yeah, like George was like, did he not have like 50 DUIs by the time he was like 20 years (laughs) old? He wasn't getting he he wasn't getting DUIs to cultivate his man of the people image. No, and like he, you know, he went to Harvard and didn't go to any classes, like doesn't know any words or you know (laughs) Can you imagine can you imagine like president presidential candidate playing up their DUIs? as like a, you know you're these politicians out here all you know think they're such hot shit but i'm like you you know i've yeah. pulled over i've i've killed three people driving drunk just like all of you Davey, you're laughing but that is how things work here in america <laughs> <laughs> like you know people people are like oh he's got 
more DUIs. That's two more than me. He must be a cool guy. You know, like. Jesus Christ. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> All right. So Mensk is doing a beer bong while he's having <laughs> this conversation. Right <laughs> he's like, no, it's not. Uh, let's be clear. He's not doing a beer bong. He is beer bonging in between each of these paragraphs. Oh so, all right. So, so he says, uh, Mal, Mal says, I see you kept the program intact. There were a few elements of the Confederacy that were worth keeping. The ghost program was one of them. I know firsthand how effective the ghosts are. And then as Malcolm says, I'm sure you do. It's because of you that trainees have their memories wiped from when they graduate. As he's saying that, Mengsk is lifting a beer bong to his lips, doing shooting the entire thing, wiping his mouth, giving a loud hiccup, and then he puts his hand over his heart and says, I had nothing to do with Sarah Kerrigan's defection to my cause, Agent Kalerchian. So what a just guy. think about think about that. What a guy. This is whenever we talk to Keith, we should ask Keith if Mengsk would do a beer bong. Oh, yeah, like, put that down for questions. We'll All ask right. Keith. Yeah, hang on. I'm going to write that down. These are, I'm glad that someone is really asking the important. Would Mask do a beer ball? Cool. Got it. I mean, All right. do you think that, like, Keith will ever get, like, some kind of cease and desist letter from Blizzard? <laughs> like, please, <laughs> stop, pretty... please stop saying that Mags will do a beer ball. <laughs> Now here's the other way. Here's here's the other way. Here's the other way to think about it. If Meng, if now I called him Mengsk. If Keith does come onto this podcast and say that Mengsk would do a beer bong, Blizzard has to. That has to go in the. I I because remember, Subsurian added the Jeffrey thing to the to the wiki when we you know when we uh when Keith said that Jeffrey was claustrophobic. Right? Oh, yeah. So if we can get him, if we, and I don't think Keith, will, if I had to put money on it, I don't think Keith will give us an answer. No, because he, he is aware that he doesn't have that he power. Knows. Right? He knows, he knows. But, but if we can finagle an answer out of him, and this is, we're going to have to be real crafty. Okay. You know, we're going to have to like drop it on, you know, we're going to have to like slip it, you know, kind of sn- sl- <laughs> sneak it kind of smoothly into the conversation like somehow. Once it's written into the wiki, then, you know, Blizzard internally are just like, you know, they use the fan wiki because honestly, a lot of games companies are worked at. Mm-hmm. We use the fan wiki as a reference for our own yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. Like when they're trying to figure out whether, when they're writing StarCraft 3. Yeah. And they're like, oh... Mengsk really has to useful. be in the scene doing a beer bong. It'd be really useful to know whether or not Mengsk is the kind of emperor that would do a beer bong to appeal to his man of the people sensibility. Can you imagine booting up StarCraft 3 in the opening scene? <laughs> it's Mengsk beer bong. <laughs> like, that is when we'll know that we have made a difference in the entire universe. It's like a butterfly effect. <laughs> That's not a butterfly effect, okay? That's just that's just two things happening. Like butterfly effect. That's that's just that's just called an effect, all right? That's that's what that is. I just feel like the smallest detail in a wiki has like ruined the entire universe for them. Yeah, no, if right. Right. If yeah. Uh I but how 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 can we really know? How can we you know, 20 years from now, how will we know whether or not this podcast had an actual impact on and on even just the lore of StarCraft? It'll be really because they're not Blizzard isn't going to come back to us and and be like, you know, hey, be sure to let whoever runs the StarCraft wiki know that that detail really helped us. I mean, I, I assume they don't do that, you know. No, they wouldn't. But, you know, some sometimes, you know, internally... Maybe not the company itself, but the people who actually have to work on making content there. They, like sometimes you, like I've definitely reached out to people before who, who've helped me out or, you know, like archivists or, you know, fans and stuff and then ask them, 
you know, particular questions. And then if they, they really help out, you get like a special, special thanks or like, you know, like there's that kind of thing. Um, All right. Well, if Starcraft three includes Mengsk beer bonging, I would like to be thanked. In the yes. Credits. Special thanks. Special um, thanks. Yeah. The inspirational quarterly. R.E. Mengsk beer bonging. Um, <clears throat> the trainees were now doing the push-ups on one fist, the left one. Their right hands were gripping their left wrists. All but one of the trainees were struggling mightily with this configuration, the exception being Nova. No, that wasn't fair. She was struggling, but she wasn't letting it stop her. The others were collapsing onto the floor, getting themselves yelled at by Hartley or simply unable to rise, which resulted in a similar outcome. But Nova refused to give in to her own body's frailty. Of course, not everything's the same, Mal said, as much to see how Mengsk reacted as anything. New person in charge, for a start. I can assure you Mengsk is doing a beer bong while <laughs> Mal is saying that. Which, that, that's such a power play, you know? It does if have you're... to really come up as a power play, doesn't it? It's just like, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> like, it kind of fucking works, you know? If you just, without any explanation at all, just pulled out the beer bong and did it while this person is saying these really quite impactful things to you and about you, you know? Yeah. Jeez. Um, I can assure you, Director Bick believes in the program as much as his predecessor. He then lifts another beer bong to his lips. More of the party line from the man who drew it. This is Mal thinks that to himself. No, he doesn't. Believe me, I'm the first person to list Ilse Kiliani's faults. But she viewed her role as head of this program as a calling because she believed in the Confederacy and wanted to protect it from those that would destroy it. That's probably why she didn't fit into your new world order. Bick, though, he only believes in whatever his superiors tell him. He couldn't care less about protecting the Terran Dominion. He just wants to keep you happy so that he'll stay employed. Raising a hand to cut off Mengsk's likely rebuttal of this. What is Mengsk's likely rebuttal of this? Um, who does Mengsk is the emperor? Why is he arguing with this fucking one dude who barely did his job? Yeah, he doesn't have to argue, right? Like, there's no point. Like, his no point. does not matter. He's like, I yeah. could just like order you killed. Yeah, I could literally kill you right now. Yeah, I could accidentally, like, I could accidentally have you killed, and it wouldn't matter to you me. Could at literally all. strangle him with your beer bong right now. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a power if you right. it's a power play to strangle someone with your beer bong yeah it's especially a power play if you're beer bonging while you're strangling them with it yeah oh my god that's if this is like something i like face off or something it's so ridiculous <laughs> i can imagine john john Woo trying to direct this movie and not really succeeding <laughs> <laughs> Mal quickly added, Hey, I'm not complaining. Bick's type is a lot easier to work for. Then he looked up at Mengsk, assuming I am working for him. Smiling enigmatically through the beer bong, Mengsk said, We'll see. Then he left the observation room, leaving Mal alone to watch Nova train. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> weird that was the end of chapter he doesn't know this woman yeah right we all like to think that the two of them have this connection but they spent about 30 seconds together yeah he doesn't know her why is he doing yeah. that anyway yeah end of chapter 18 very exciting chapter 19 shall we shall we start shall we just let's plug at it what yeah, do you think it, yeah all right let's 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 dump in I was trying to say either let's dive in or let's jump in, but I said let's dump in. Yeah, I mean, I don't know so, what that means, but... The, we're doing... That's what <laughs> we're, we're doing. We're dumping in, okay, right. We're dumping in. like a dump in. truck. I don't know. 
That's that's what that's what Mengsk says every time he leaves the table in between his meals. Well, I'm dumping in. <laughs> oh god. The part of the ghost Shush, I'm trying to read the book. Okay. The part <laughs> the part of the ghost academy that Nova found herself looking forward to the most was the physical training in the morning. Well, no, that wasn't entirely true. The part she really was looking forward to was the end of it, when she would be relieved of having to remember her past life. But until that time, what she was anticipating most eagerly every day was the physical training. The other stuff was certainly useful. The afternoon training in her psionic skills was something she wished someone in her family had the foresight to give her years ago. So much of her childhood made more sense now, especially why she always seemed to know how other people felt when nobody else did. She had gone through her youth thinking Zeb in particular to be horribly insensitive, which he was, at least by her standards, but she now knew it wasn't by choice. Mommy had always called her ability to see the servant's point of view empathic, but Nova had always assumed her use of the word to be figurative. Being taught by other telepaths and telekinetics was very useful. The latter were more scarce, as one needed a PI-8 or higher to be telekinetic. Nova was not a PI-8. I thought that she was a PI-8, but I don't... Yeah, that I... was... That was so long ago. Wait, like, how does she blow stuff up then if she's not? Oh, wait, 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 wait. So I just scanned ahead a little bit. Hang on. Let's finish this paragraph. The Wrangler has, the Wrangler had simply guessed she was at, she was at least that because of the telekinesis, just as she herself had when she'd done her surreptitious research into her abilities. In truth, she was a PI-10, the highest in the program. That made her afternoon studies all the more important. Ah, I see. So actually, she's just like crazy good at everything. Yeah. She's the best in the entire world. The best of the and best. That's, and that's why she was enslaved for six months by a man with a cool hat. Yeah, and shark teeth. Shark teeth. <laughs> and, and... I don't know if you remember this from the book. Fagin was 30 feet tall. He, he was? Yeah, I was in the book. Wow. I was in the book. Okay. Yeah. Just go back and look it up sometime. The evening work with weapons and target practice was all fine, though Nova was very bad at it. Okay, I'm sorry. When I said she's amazing at everything, what I meant was except hitting stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> she rarely hit the targets she was supposed to hit, and had trouble holding the bulky hand weapons properly. Sergeant Hartley yelled at her a lot. The other trainees were terrified of Hartley, but after six months with an even more fogged <laughs> Julius Antoine Dale, it was impossible for her to be at all intimidated by Hartley. So Nova's just over here like, no, look, fucking, I, you don't know. Nova's just making heart eyes at this guy the entire time. Like, she's just like, I love you so much. You're so oh, much nicer than, uh. You, wait, are you saying Nova has, like, daddy issues? She's, she's just like, I don't know. I think she's just like, thinks that because this guy is slightly less mean, that he's probably, yeah. like, the loveliest man alive. <laughs> right, right. Mm. Yeah, I see that. Of course, that just made him yell at her more and push her harder. <laughs> but that didn't bother her either, since she wanted to be pushed hard, especially during the morning training. It well, wasn't she does because... have daddy issues. <laughs> I, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I feel like is going on here. <laughs> Which, you know, we can ask Keith about that too. Oh, it wasn't because she was especially good at it. In fact, she was as bad at the martial arts as she was at the weapons work. Wow, she's a real killer. Exercise had never been a concern when she was a scion of the old families. They had other people to do things for them, after all. So indolence was mu very much the order of the day. And it was even less of a concern in the gutter, where she spent most of her time curled up in a corner, being afraid of Fagin. Aww. As a result, on her first day at the academy, she couldn't even do one push-up on her palms, 
much less the 20 on her fists that Hartley demanded. Hartley had explained that the push-ups were to build upper arm strength and to toughen the knuckles so that, as he put it, you only need to punch someone the once. Aren't they training to kill with their brains? Yeah, like, what is the point of this? <laughs> just kill with your brain! Don't punch! You don't have to punch! You, you could just you, like, put a, you know, you, you, you don't even need on someone. <laughs> you don't even need to punch them the one time. If you've punched one time, you're doing your bet. You're not doing your job. It's like telekinesis a brick into their face. Nova literally blew up the pitcher's brain. Yeah, I mean, right. Do you remember that? Yep. Like she set his brain on fire and exploded it, and she's over here like learning judo. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. When one of the trainees pointed out that ghost uniforms had gloves so that their tough so that the toughness of the knuckles was irrelevant to their training, he was forced to do an additional 40 push-ups. Yeah. Okay. Also, we're telekinetic. <laughs> so they're all like this is bullshit and they're like we want they you to know do it. it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, right. They know it and they don't even know it for the right reasons. This guy is is talking about the toughness of the knuckles everybody is fucking missing the point here you are telekinetic people who can blow shit up with your brain wow <laughs> i like to imagine that just so mal is still watching all of this presumably this is right? so weird <laughs> he's just stopping. like mal is just that's all he's that's all he's doing he's just sitting like on a little observation deck he's just watching this and you know what Maybe he's doing a beer bong. <laughs> he likes just like got an extra one from Max. He picked he's yeah, he like picked up the habit from being from <laughs> it's it's a nasty habit to pick up, you know. Or maybe Max just like leaves his around, you know. Well, okay. If you're trying to curry favor with the Emperor, and the Emperor is over here literally doing a beer bong every other sentence. I feel like it puts something on you to live up to that, yeah. right? You're like, I don't want to be seen as the kind of guy who can't keep up with with this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the idea of just Malcolm over here in his fucking hover wheelchair, just watching Nova and beer bonging is so goddamn weird <laughs> that it makes total sense for me to see him that way. Okay. Um, it just reminded me that, like, Nova is 15 years old. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Okay, that's, that's it for this episode. What's <laughs> going on in this book? <laughs> That's that'll do it for us today. In fact, maybe we'll just end the entire podcast there. <laughs> um I just for you know I just casually glanced at the back of this book. And um this is the whole normal kind of uh uh you know text like description of the the plot of the story and then there's the logo StarCraft Ghost Nova. And then below that, it says, an original tale of space warfare based on the best-selling electronic game series from Blizzard Entertainment. Person who wrote that did not read this book. Person who wrote that definitely did not. Yeah. Or didn't, or wasn't really, like, you know. It, I, I, it's, space I don't know. Space warfare? Like, it's not about space warfare at all. <laughs> It's, 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 in fact, this is so much more about, like, this is one of the least space books about space I've ever read. You know what I mean? This is literally a book about the lower classes in the slums fucking eating shit all day, every day. Yeah, they are not interested in space warfare. It is, this is so far from space, from anything to do with space, much less warfare in space, that it boggles the mind. Yeah. Yep. Was this copywriter doing too many beer bongs? That's the question like... of the day. Maybe they had made an assumption about Keith that wasn't true. 
Maybe they wrote this before before Keith wrote the book. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, yeah, right? He's going to write the book about StarCraft Ghost. You know, it's going to be like space warfare and shit. Um, anyway, well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, our quote from William Butler Yeats, is there are no strangers, only friends you've not met yet? I think we met a friend today. Yeah, we did. We met... Um, was it Hartley? Tra- oh, no, we already met Hartley. We already met Hartley, but we did meet this trainee who pointed out that the ghost uniforms had gloves. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Everyone's like, shut up, you. Get Everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, keep keep punching things, okay? Keep... Get get back, get back, and while you're at it, you know, uh, how about you learn to handle this gun, too? And then everyone's like, why don't we all learn to kill things with our I brains? Can kill Shut with up my and mind. fire the gun. <laughs> yeah. I can kill people with my mind. They're Shut like, up and punch the dummy. They're all like, I could kill you with my mind right now. Do you want to see me do that? Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Alright, now break the brick with your fist. But I can break the brick with my mind. Break the brick with your fist. All right. There. See, now we know that if your brain stopped, you could still crush yeah, bricks. Yeah, you're technically um, headless. That you <laughs> will be able to do this. <laughs> but what if we're headless and handless? Well, tomorrow you're going to be breaking bricks with your kneecaps. That's so weird. Uh, Malcolm's just fucking drinking himself silly the whole time. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on more of this weird adventure that we've all gone on together. And and thank you, Kara, for being a part of it, too. It has been awesome, honestly. So, yeah. Oh, We've still got a little more to go. We're on page two. We're on page two hundred and eighty-seven. So we're not. We're not. We're not done yet. We're close. We're close, but we're not done yet. We got to enjoy. I guess technically each... we have to ask Keith all of the questions. As well. We do. We do. But I think we should. I don't want to set up. I, I want to wait because you never know what new segment we might introduce into this podcast that extends oh it out. Oh my god, Davey, don't, a little further. don't watch any TV, don't read any other books, don't do anything. <laughs> from the minute we stop recording, I will sit in my chair and do nothing until one week from now. Good. That's a promise. That's what you should do. That's, you have my word. Okay. Alright, thanks everyone for joining, and... As always, because we couldn't do it without him. Thanks, Keith. Thank you, Keith. Bye. Bye.